Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Hello and welcome to Down the Dog with me, John Richardson. And me, Matt Ford. I've been listening to, uh, trying to get back into like listening to podcasts. Okay. Well, you don't really have time given that you're fucking making them all. <laughs> been listening to the Take That podcast. Oh, God. Why? Of all the podcasts in the world, why did you why pick you that so one? Upset? Why are you so upset by that? I think that's an insane. I, I thought it'd be something to do with like sport or politics, or like a horror one, or a, a true crime, or something like that. That's that's what you choose to go into podcasts with. I think I don't think I don't think I like any of them. What any of the members would take that? Yeah, I don't think so. I think that would just piss me off. From the, what do they like? All get together and like, hey guys, yeah, let's all have a chat for an hour. Or is so it, what like it was, people talking about take that? No, it's the, it's the three of them. They're down to three now. Howard Donald, Mark Owen, and of course, Gary Barlow. And it's called Take That This Life, which is, as you may know, the name of their more recent album. So it, it was nope. basically to promote the album. But what they do is oh, each week... cynical fuckers. I know, but just bear with me. We promote nothing on this podcast and we don't make any money. And I think that shows our <laughs> commitment to the art form. There's absolutely fucking zero planning about this. There's no ruthlessness. There's no intention to ever turn it into a TV format. It's just two tossers talking shit, sometimes at their own expense. That's what we should have called it, but, you know, down <laughs> the dog it is. Um, so each week, Gary will bring a date, as in a, 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 not a, like a, not a person. Yeah, meet the boys. Go, now yeah, sit go, down and shut up. Yeah, go, right. We'll go, this week... It's the 19th of July, 1990. Can you remember where we were? And Mark Owen will go, wow. Mark Owen just says wow to everything. So this, but the reason why I say it is it's, it's, it's very listenable. It's the three of them reminiscing about like big moments in their career. And are you a big Take That nice. fan? I, 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 um, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm going to go and see him in a couple of months. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I like the music. I bought the greatest hits. I think Never Forget is one of the greatest pop songs ever made. I think it's an exceptional piece of music. And I like the new stuff. I thought Patience oh, was we great. We haven't Comeback had a Fordy's hyperbole for a while. That's well, the first it, one for months, isn't it? I think Never Forget is one of the best pieces of music. I would say it's better than 98% of Beethoven. That's <laughs> Fordy's hyperbole for this week. It's a great, great pop song. And I just think I love really good pop music. And there's something about Gary Barlow that... <laughs> I can't help it. I just there's something about that I really like. Anyway, so it's it's as you would expect. It's them reminiscing. It's very nice. Howard Donald's got a bit of a dirty sense of humour. That comes through a little bit. Oh but really? Gonna, yeah. It was the first time we felt like a band. 
you remember Mark's going, wow, yeah, wow. That's a very inspecific date. I know. It was just, you know, but it's interesting hearing like their story of what it was like to be in such a big um, successful thing. Um, Anyway, so then it's, they occasionally have like guests on that give them voice notes, like Lulu will send them a message and um, Peter Cunner from D-Ream, because I think they support a D-Ream or something. So it's a nice way to like go through their history. (laughs) The episode I've just listened to, Ollie Murs comes in. And um, he's supporting them on their next tour, and he, he did the X Factor. Oh, um, double games. headliner. Oh, yeah. I saw Ollie support um, Robbie. Ah, Robbie at Wembley when I went with your sister. Wow. And now he's now he's supporting Take That. Yeah. So I'll see him, I'll see him on that. So, isn't that not like playing for like Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United? Oh, it happens. He's crossed. He's crossed the divide. But um, so, so it's all it's all very sweet on the whole, and they're reminiscing about being in a boy band and what it was like. And it's a very wholesome um, look back on on that time. Ollie Mers comes in, and he goes, "Oh, do you remember the first time we met?" Gary's gone. Oh, it was the X Factor, wasn't it? He goes, oh, "No, no, no." He goes, "They like I can't remember where this had happened, but basically it was like at a studio or something." And he said, "So Ollie Mers, because I'd had a curry the night before, and then I go to the toilet, and basically like the world." just exploded out of my backside because just this terrible like curry reaction shit right and um <laughs> because i came to the because i come out the cubicle and i go up to the um sink and there's another guy there and um, washing his hands and he said it was you gary she said you just turned to me and went that fucking stinks <laughs> <laughs> And it was, it's, I can't believe they left it in. It just, Mark was like, wow. It just, wow. It's, it's so out of the tone of the, all the other episodes I've listened to. And Howard Donald keeps going, I'm going to be thinking about that left today now. I'm going to be <laughs> What's it. Gary's response? Is he sort of annoyed to have been called out? or I don't think so. Think it's I funny? Think like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> There's something very sweet about it. It, it. It's so odd that it's such a horrible thing to say. <laughs> yeah, like, it's almost like Ollie Murs isn't aware of the way they've been doing it or that it was being recorded. Yeah, I'll tell you what it tells me as well, that Ollie Murs is in a sort of long-term committed relationship because that's the sort of story you ta- start telling at Ollie Murs' age where you just think, well, I'm all right now, I can go on a big podcast and talk about shit. You don't do that. A couple of years ago, Ollie Murs would have been like, oh, I've got a poo story, but I'm not going to tell it because I'm Ollie Murs. But now I was like, yeah, shit me guts out. And you said that stinks. Remember that taxi driver we had? We might have talked about him on a previous yes. episode. When John was, um, well, I guess you still are, but when you donate out of 10 cats and stand up for the week when we were living together and I was um, a writer on those shows, we would get, you know, they'd send a car for you, and I'd obviously then be able to get in it with you. Sometimes, if me. you'd behaved at breakfast, you were allowed to come in as well. And I think at various points in our life, we've been in situations where we've encountered people that are, I would say, repellent to most other people. <laughs> and I enjoy egging those people on. Yeah. And you hate uh, talking Interviewing to them on podcasts. Yeah. So that guy, when he's... Yeah, I've got a joke for you, mate. <laughs> it was a joke about... What was it? Like being cooked like a, a turkey man farting in bed, wasn't it? Yeah. And it wasn't even the punchline. He goes, and his wife says to him, you shit your fucking guts out. You shit your fucking guts out. <laughs> and you were so appalled by him. Well, it was, was like squealing. probably about eight o'clock in the morning, I think, yeah. this joke. And at that period, we were both drinking quite heavily. So we sort of <laughs> finish work and go straight to the pub and drink until yeah. like midnight, 1am, and then get in the cab the next morning. I'm not saying we were like, you know, the Rolling Stones, but that was our sort of purple patch when we were both earning, both enthralled by the new world we were living in. Oh, so great fun. But it was early for that gag. 
It was, yeah. I it loved was a good it. gag, but I still me. remember it. That woke me up. That woke me up. Like no one's business. Yeah, um, I used to love it. So I don't know why I got onto that. But we're down the dog, aren't we? We're just we're at the bar. The the chat is meandering. Um, well, the problem is at this uh, at this point in podcast, it's always nice to do a segue. I'm always got me okay. ear out. You know, I'm always trying to get back on six music. You know, that's that's very much my really? Pep Guardiola period, where you know now he just thinks I'm a fat, useless bastard who's away on loan somewhere. But there was a time when we had a special relationship. Um, Hang no, on, I'm not really. I feel like I've just like. I've misunderstood. I feel like I've just missed something. Are you talking about yourself as a fat, useless bastard? I'm talking about Six Music's view on me being the same ah. as Pep Guardiola's view on Calvin Phillips. That there was a there was a initial excitement, and then there was a period when they just wanted rid. Um, and but I don't want to go back on Six Music because no. um, I'm not cool and I don't like bands. Um, I think you're cool, and I think you do like bands. You obviously don't like Take That. No, I don't like. Maybe take that's that. why they're not interested. Yeah, but if Take I, That. Six Given music. the tone of most of our anecdotes, I think it was slit seamlessly into their podcast. Um, yeah. But the problem is, I want to do a slick link because I know we've we go. got emails coming about pooing and bum holes. Great. Um, there's a sense of sort of trying to save it, isn't there? Because we could jump straight to pooing and bum holes, talk about that for an hour every week. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, we, we, I was a little, I hate being late, as you know, um, but I was a couple of minutes late starting this because I was. I was changing my colostomy bag. Yes, that's right, guys and girls, folks. And is that a response to a high-fiber breakfast? Um, it was more response. I, I, um, I, I'd been in the pub yesterday. Yeah, go on. Go on, details. Oh, Saturday night, went out for dinner. Um, we So Saturday night, went to Miller and Carter. Um, ah, the steakhouse. Yeah. The only one I'd been to before was with you when we were trying to get like a quick pre-gig meal and ended up having Miller and Carter, which is like... Yeah, I've said an excellent vegan option. I can't remember what it was, but I remember being very surprised. It was very tasty. And it's a steakhouse. I do accept if you walk into a steakhouse as a vegan or a vegetarian, you take what you can get. Um, So we met up with um, the wonderful nurse, Jess Murphy. Yes. was uh, the main nurse who looked after me when I was in uh, hospital. And um, so we went out... Yeah, amazing. So that we went out for dinner with her on Saturday night, and that was full on like, oh, we'll have a glass of fizz, and then we'll yeah. have a bottle of red, and then whiskeys, cocktails, brilliant. Yes. yes. And then yesterday, Sunday roast. The only time I could get a table was half twelve. So it's quite an early Sunday roast if you've been out the night before. Yeah. And it's one of those ones you go, I just have a pint of tribute with it, and then you're like, okay, the roller coaster has started again. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's half nine, purring. Oh. Just absolutely magic. A lovely day of drinking ale at, I would say, at the slower end of the pace setting. Yeah. Yeah. Because with pints now, because I have to catheterize myself. Basically, the thing is, I can't feel when I need to piss. I don't know if we covered this in the previous episode. Yeah. But my nerves were sacrificed, which, uh, you know, I love the word sacrifice because it makes it sound as if though it was done to appease the gods. (laughs) Yeah. They're not just, they weren't just cut. Well, you it know, is a nice way of looking at it. It does show your innate positivity. You're not saying they were taken away from you. You're saying they sacrificed themselves to make you cancer-free. It is actually yeah. it's very revealing of your mentality. They were taken so that I could piss. But obviously, I can't feel when I need to piss. So what's great mm. is sometimes... And the other thing I've got, I don't know if I've talked about it. I can't remember. You know, my head's mush. I'm still on strong painkillers. Um, it is I'm incontinent. So whenever I stand up or sit down, it's called stress incontinence. Pee comes out. Yes, we didn't um, discuss this last time. This is new okay. information. So I basically wear nappies. Tenor men, costing me a bloody fortune in tenor men, this is, you know. Yeah. Um, 
This is reversible though, isn't it? Well, yes, it's treatable. So basically I can have a surgery, which I will probably need, where they put filler into the pipe to stop. You know the same filler that people have when they have cosmetic surgery on the face? You're having buttocks Botox. (laughs) But it will go into my pee pipe. Okay. Um, and it will so your basically... willy won't be able to smile anymore. Won't be show expression. <laughs> it's going to get rid of all those frown and smile lines. <laughs> so it will basically, when I stand up and sit down, less will come out, and then they can give me pelvic floor physio to, so that I stand up and sit down in a particular way. At the moment, I'm not there, so I, I wear these nappies, and I will toddle off to the toilet. And it, uh, it's a real insight into disabled toilets in this country yes. and, and the ones that are well-maintained. Lovely one yesterday. Um, but it just sometimes I'm like, oh my god! So I went for a pee yesterday, and because w- w- if you drink 500 milliliters, or, so I basically have to catheterize myself every four hours. But if I'm drinking more, shorten the gaps between because there'd be more mm-hmm. fluid obviously going into the bladder. If I've stood up and sit down and moved around a bit, sometimes nothing comes out because it's all gone into the nappy, right? And then the nappy's really heavy. Anyway, you know what nappies are for. And um, but sometimes I'll go and I think there's not going to be much, and it's like morning levels of volume. You're like, oh my god! I was nice. sitting around somewhere, and it's mad that I couldn't feel it. Yeah, but then I think, oh my god! Imagine if I was forgetting. I wonder how long I could go. Not that I'm going to test my bladder, but you think, God, you know, I could go days. But it and stays in as well, so it can be full, but it doesn't. It doesn't come out other than well, the sort of standing and sitting. But your yeah. bladder doesn't just go empty. He's not. He's gone. He's not listening. Yeah, just empty got no it control. out can't push so when they you know they want to test you so when when the catheter first came out in the hospital they're like you know have a little push you know this is easy i can piss and then you go oh god i can't i can't wow. push that out <laughs> it's, it's mad you're like oh my god i've been able to do that my whole life and now i can't no well then this is the segue i guess into these emails Yes, yes, exactly. So we have had some feedback. It was our first show back last week. Um, you offered to welcome people into Colostomy Corner. Yes. And I'm pleased to say we've had an email from Gary Maltman. What a great uh, Maltman. Gary Maltman. What a great name, Maltman. Gary Maltman. Especially in a pub. Maybe he delivers beer or something. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Maltman. What do they call that? Nominative determinism. Yeah. Um, Let us know whiskey or beer. Do follow. Well, he's in Colossomy Corner, so you can sit and chat to him. He's the only applicant this week. He says, having sporadically checked for updates, read the podcast, and more importantly, Matt's condition over the last few months, I was pleasantly surprised to see a new episode of Down the Dog appear this morning. Firstly, I have to say I found the candidness with which Matt spoke about his recent battle and newfound status as an ostomate both hilarious and inspiring. Speaking so openly about something so huge and life-changing, but which still has stigma attached, is very necessary to help raise awareness and reduce ignorance on the issue. Um, Having suffered from Crohn's disease for over 20 years, I too had my bum hole relocated in March 2020 when Stan the Stoma was born. I would therefore like to pitch myself as the first person to proudly join Matt in Colostomy Corner. Hopefully it's a part of the pub with the seating being a bit more comfortable, tailored to those of us with what we call the dreaded Barbie bot. Taking care, and thank you, Gary Maltman. Oh, Gary, mate, yeah, come on over. Come and sit on this beautiful leather-lined chair. You've got the finest chair. We're, 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 we're combating stoma stigma in colostomy corner, and um, you, get the, you get the pick. All the drinks, Gary, for you t- today. Join this pod around the house, baby. And it's one of the changes, isn't it? Because you never... In the pub in the past, I would know if there was a plush seat that you wouldn't take it because you didn't like the cushion because it made your back sweat. 
but now I think you prefer the softer seat. I do. I tell you what, it has, you know, I think the danger is when you get interviewed about this stuff, you, you sort of feel like you should be able to say, and it's really made me um, think a particular way. It's changed my thing, and it hasn't really. All this has just reaffirmed my view that, um, and, and I realize that people live in very difficult circumstances, but being alive itself it, it is, there's a magic to it. And your life is, you know, Sometimes people think they don't have a lot of control over their lives, and, and, and sadly that can be very true. But in periods even of difficulty, you, you can find moments of happiness and positivity. And I think I, I'd always felt like that anyway. Um, come with what we started off on now. Oh, that's it. The thing that it has changed. So I used to be someone who preferred the temperature to be a little bit on the cooler side. Mm. and to not have sort of stuff around me whereas now i'm like i like it warm because it reduces the pain in my legs i'm like i'm under the duvet i like to be on the sofa i've brought myself a dressing gown that's like thick and and soft and comfy i've started wearing slippers around the house i'm into like comfort and warmth Mm. and coziness and stuff like that um yeah, I, I, I tell you what I've kept doing in hospital because I couldn't move for a long time. When they would turn me in the bed, they would put a pillow between my knees and one between my ankles so that I didn't get pressure sores. I have continued to sleep with a pillow between my knees. I've got to tell you, it's so good. You've got to try this at home. It's good it for would... your back, isn't it? Isn't you're supposed to do that anyway, aren't you? Well, I think so. I mean, you can only, I don't know why we haven't evolved to have some sort of um, cushioning between our knees that we could just use at night. But try it tonight if you just want to get a bit more comfy. I tell you what, it makes your bed feel so much more luxurious. Stick a mm-hmm. pillow between your knees. Two oh different pillows, word. knees and ankles, or just knees? I'm just going knees now. Yeah. Um, and, and then sort of put the pillow basically sort of along your, what's the bit below the knee called? The shin. I'd but say the, the shin, it, the calf. Yeah, just the, the inside bit, and so that it cushions that. Or you can just get a square cushion and stick it between your knees, but oh my word, it is so comfy. And being comfy. And I imagine it reduces the chance of testicle crushage. It must do, because it opens up that clear gap between the mm-hmm. thighs that you really would hope, John, will insulate you against a testicular torsion, um, something I've never suffered from and that I, I wish on no man. No. Um, so Before. Gary has uh, Stan the Stoma. He leads us yes. on to an email from James, who says, Hi, James. Uh, Hello, Matt, John, and Landlord Danny. Lovely. It's oh, yeah. so good to hear you back, Matt, and truly inspirational to hear you reflect on your experience and how positive and determined you are and genuinely moving to hear the bond of friendship that you and John had. You had me crying and belly laughing during that first episode back. Then he moves on quite quickly. Have you named your stoma? Uh, I know some of my patients do. Brackets, I'm a GP in North Yorkshire. If not, may I suggest Sir Keir Stoma? Um, Steadily reliable, inoffensive, doesn't like leaks. We just (laughs) hope for no catastrophic U-turns. All the best for your continued recovery. Keep up the fantastic positivity. Bye, James. <laughs> it's so mad, right? Because I hadn't read that email. On Absolute, on Saturday, we were like getting people to text in with the name. And Sir Keir Stoma was something that someone suggested that I really liked. But the thing is, I don't want it to be seen as an insult. No. Because I think Keir Stoma's really good. Yes. So I wouldn't want it to be seen as like, because obviously go oh, full of shit and whatever. But he's found a positive way to make it Sir Keir Stoma. Are there any other people? It's basically the Starmer you need, uh, isn't it? Are there any other famous Starmers? I don't think um, so. You don't want to get into, like, Jeffrey Stomer, do you? Um, no. Negative connotations. I mean, once you're naming your poo hole, it, it can only really have negative connotations, even if you because the wordplay is good, you're then trying to find a positive way like James has. Yeah. Um, the thing is, in a way, I don't want to name it. 
because I think lots of other people do, and then I've got that slight resistance to it. I'm like, oh, yes, I don't want to do that if everyone's doing it. Also, it, it, I didn't name my bum old. You know what I mean? It's didn't not like I was in the habit of giving names. No, you don't to... name it. It gets named when you're born, doesn't it? Is it not on your birth certificate? Your bumhole name. What's yours? Gary. <laughs> um, Mine's Barry. <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah, why we've always got the They do find that people with rhyming bumhole names um, tend to get on. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! So we've had another email from Michael, who is the uh, person who works in a pub, who sent us the amazing story about the police finding the package in the oh, toilet. Yeah, wasn't that in Cumbernauld, in, uh, at the outskirts of Glisgy? He's back in touch. Hi, John and Matt. I hope you're both well. Is it your in time? <laughs> I think I've got one more amusing anecdote before we get there. This one takes place on a Sunday morning around 10-ish. Not many people in. We had a sofa lounge area near the front of the pub, and on this occasion, a man in his mid-70s was sitting there. Behind the bar, I clocked he was asleep, so I went over to wake him. I start with a polite, excuse me, sir, progressively getting louder and closer as he seems determined to ignore me. I then resort to shaking his shoulder gently. Sir, still nothing. Uh Uh-oh. I went and got my manager, who also attempted, but nothing. She then lifted his wrist and checked for a pulse but couldn't find anything. At this point, we obviously call 999 and secure the area. Paramedics arrive pretty sharpish, and at this part, I'm a tad hazy on. But I'm sure they check him over and agree with our suspicions. At this point, I'm back behind the bar and I'm watching my manager talking to the paramedics with their back to the man. Suddenly, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, the man stands up, takes a bewildered look around, and without uttering a word, saunters out of the door. I shout to my manager, and they turn around with a look of utter confusion. The paramedics dash outside to see if they can spot him, but he's disappeared into the crowd. I've no idea what happened, but at least he was alive after that. Good God! Amazing. Is Are you that man? Get in touch. Hello at Down the Dog. This pub sounds great. Yeah, I like to think he just went to another pub. <laughs> yeah, I always bloody die in this one. <laughs> the chairs are too comfy. I just lose the will to live. Oh, man, that was great. I love those. Those pubs, those sorts of places, slightly outskirty, that attract yeah. characters. Stuff will be happening in that pub every night. What a wonderful way to live. Loved it from the beginning that someone's been in there long enough to die at 10am on a Sunday. That suggests good opening hours. He's had the sort of weekend you've just had. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I've started doing as well? Really savouring the taste of beer. I really let it run over my tongue. Same with whiskey. I don't just like... It doesn't just go from the glass to the gullet. At the journey of it, I take smaller sips and I really like swirl it yeah. around my mouth. Yeah, I like it. There was a point in your early drinking when you would buy exclusively Fosters, which <laughs> I think I'm right in saying is yeah. 
the least uh, intensely flavoured beer available, and you would drink it. it at a rate that was terrifying. I loved it. I was into it. It was, yeah, I was, it was like a boy with a box of chocolates. I would say several times you were so happy with it that I would say, do you know what, fuck it, I'm going to try it again because there must be something in it because you're so happy. And I'd order a pint and two sips in be like, it's like soda water. I mean, now I think it, I was like, what was I thinking? Well, we're going to find out whether 20 years is the right vintage. Oh, Um, it's really aged in the can. It's really taken on the flavour of that tin. Should I Google, like, is it safe? Because the problem is if I Google is it safe to drink a 20-year-old can of beer, it's obviously going to say no. Of course it's going to say no. 20 years They'll say it's unsafe to drink anything past its... Yeah. Best before date. The simple answer is yes. What? Since most beer is either pasteurized or filtered to eliminate bacteria, it's extremely resistant to spoiling. Fucking yes. You're going to do it. <laughs> it doesn't say the age. It just That is a question about expired beer. Um, here we go. A Reddit thread. They're always the best place. I love a Reddit thread. Yeah. I haven't got the time. Yeah, because they end up with just insane anecdotes that are nothing related to my ex-husband once shit himself on a bus. Um, is it dangerous to drink a 25-year-old beer? There is no danger. If something could survive in there that could cause you sickness, it deserves to kill you. At worst, it's not going to taste very good as it probably has become like cardboard in oxidization, but it won't harm you. And that's the top comment. The second comment, very dangerous. In fact, (laughs) let me take it from you and dispose of it properly. Okay. Um, Not very, but it probably... It seems it's going to be fine. Well, I weighed myself this morning. I put on a bit of weight over the weekend. Trying to keep myself at 85 kilos. That's my kind of... Right. Goal weight. That's that's good weight for me. Yeah, you like that. But I'm at eighty seven something this morning, so I'm like, oh, you know, I've had, I've had an indulgent weekend, so I've got to I've got to restrict it. I've got to restrict it now. What's been very nice actually is uh, since coming out of hospital, people said, oh god, you look really good on it. You know, you lost a bit of weight. So I can't. It's how I people wanna... are saying. <laughs> people have given me loads of compliments. I mean, maybe they're just saying it to cheer me up, but I'm getting lots of compliments specifically about my weight. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, I've had like bone removed, so that's probably a good kg on its own. But um, I uh, I, I want to keep that. I, I like that. I like that. I like the feeling of uh, people saying, "Oh, you, you know, you look good." And being able to get into smaller clothes, as in, like you know, just like a size down, <laughs> rather than like mini clothes. But <laughs> like squeezing to that old. You're not shopping thing. at Baby Gap. No, no. I've got my Gap hoodie on, though. Of course you have. I was thinking you know, when you were talking yeah. about wanting comfort and snuggles and pillows. Mm, I'm I'm now... I've come to the conclusion, largely because of your persistent belief that it is not a luxury item, and, and my wife's, um, again, persistent, not heckling, but just ridicule that, that this hoodie is luxury. I've come to the conclusion that maybe it's not the luxury item I thought it was, but having it on still makes me feel... You know, there's some guys, I would say broad-shouldered rugby men, can carry off a kind of faded hoodie really well. And I've always I've always yeah. respected that. I was, I've always wanted to have broader shoulders so that when I do put on weight, I look less weird. But basically, I get... What happens is I, I get a fat belly and then my face pumps up. I look at old photos of myself. I, I look like someone has stuck like a football pump up my ass and just really gone fast on it. I look like a fish that's been squeezed. I, I don't, I don't, I don't carry fat. Well, some people do carry fat. Well, um, I don't. And, I, and I'm really, I'm really envious 
particularly broad-shouldered rugby men that can have a bit of weight. I think I'm probably just thinking of my dad. But you know, broad-shouldered rugby men who can then wear a faded sweater and you know look, look like they've just got out of the shower and they smell fresh. And you just think, I bet you have. You look like you haven't got a worry in the world. You I have think a you've great hit, life. You've hit exactly on it there with the hoodie. There's a way of wearing a hoodie that makes it look like you've just come out of the shower and it's a clean hoodie and it smells of lavender. And there's a way of wearing a hoodie that just says, I put this on every morning and it fucking stinks and it's got bean <laughs> juice on it. And it's very difficult yeah. to decide which I'm cu- I'm currently wearing a, a Leeds United Kappa hoodie from yesteryear. And I think this has very much now reached the, the, the second phase. I, I don't um, have a real job, so I, I never really get dressed up for the school run. I think you can spot there are two types of parents on the school run, the ones who are going straight to the office and the ones who aren't. And I think to avoid any ambiguity, I think both teams wear their uniform, shall I put it that way. Do you think, and I don't have children, so I don't have an insight into this world, and I think this is something that as a country we maybe need to talk about just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But do you think some people regardless of what they're doing next, dress up for the school run. They want to look their best at the school gate, regardless of what they're going on to next. John, can we get your perspective on that? Yeah, I think uh, I think that probably does happen, and I think I just don't notice. So there will be parents who I just assume are going to the office, and they're not. They've just got up and put on fine clobber. Um, I've thought about it. I have thought maybe I should. But then it very leads to a question. Like when you so... I'm not saying I always dress like a tramp, but when you so clearly... Um, most of the parents know what I do, so they understand I'm probably not going anywhere. If I were to wear suddenly a suit or even like a smart shirt and a jacket, people yeah. would say, oh, what are you up to? And I'd have to say, oh, nothing. I just feel like my life has become a little rudderless and I don't want you to all think that I'm pathetic and I don't have anything to achieve today. So I showered and shaved and put on a suit to drop my child at school, but now I'm going back to watch Holmes Under the Hammer and cry. So, you know... <laughs> I think it would be noticed if I suddenly put on a suit, put it that way. But I could certainly do better than than the hoodie and the old chinos. Oh, chinos are good though, John. And I, I, on behalf of, I think, everyone who's seen you in them, and then also on behalf of everyone who can imagine you in them, which I, I think <laughs> should be everyone, you look great. You know, I think sometimes if you went on Queer Eye, I think yeah. you because you, you, you've got a style. Definitely. You no, loved those jumpers that looked like they had a shirt underneath. You were a yeah. sucker for them. And you oh, jumper jerts. Yeah. You, you, I think if you had a bit of a proper makeover, you'd, you'd realize, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a twinkling little diamond in there. Well, do you know the problem is? So Daniel Kitson had to shave his beard off when trendy beards became a thing. <clears throat> and I feel similarly now about knitwear. So I will still get sent tweets and Instagrams and people like that will say, oh, Chris Hemsworth wore a cardigan. Um, so perhaps they're not a dowdy old band clothes anymore. I get sort of one of those a week that I think, oh no, maybe I have to stop wearing knitwear now that it's become so like, I was looking at Micah Richards on, on Match of the Day this week. He had a beautiful cardigan on. I'm an old beer mm. on a body that is utterly, I mean, incomparable to mine. Broad-shouldered. it has become a thing that uh, somebody wore one at an awards do recently and I must have been sent it about 50 times and it led to like newspaper articles of like, oh, so-and-so, and it happens once a year, <clears throat> someone will wear a cardigan and there'll be a whole load of articles about, oh, is the cardigan back? And I think, oh, don't take it from me. I'm only wearing it because you tossers don't want it. <laughs> but my view on clothing would be this, is that dress appropriately. So I always wear a suit on stage with a with a crisp iron shirt. It's a show. Mm. 
and I, I believe I should look my best. Um, if I'm um, you know, going for a meeting somewhere, I'll be clean shaven, clean clothes, all the rest of it. Um, if people are sort of popping around, I might make a bit of an effort. I just think, but in terms of what my style is and the clothes I wear, in terms of what other people think, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And 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 this is this is really pulled through to like with having a colostomy bag and like having to catheterize. All I care about is reg- regarding it, my own comfort and uh-huh. whether I feel okay in the place that I'm in. If the toilet's appropriate and I can get to it, you know, you mm-hmm. you never want to be out having dinner and it just sort of explodes. I couldn't give a fuck if anyone else thinks. Ugh, he's got a colostomy bag. It, it, it doesn't even occur to me that I have no sort of sense of shame about it, about what other people think. And it's such a lovely feeling that. See, I don't care. You know, because before you go through it, you think, you wonder if that's going to cross your mind. You wonder if you think, oh, am I going to be embarrassed? I'll tell I you do now. remember a couple of sessions before about whether you'd be self-conscious going out afterwards. And it's a great relief to hear that you're not. Also, most people are nice. Most people yeah. would help you out, wouldn't they? You know, they might be a bit freaked out if you've like a bag of shit all over your set. <laughs> oh, we were so yeah. nearly going on to BBC Nottinghamshire then. <laughs> that was so nearly our syndication moment. Um, that's all the time we have for this episode. We will be back soon. Uh, join us on another slice where for the price of half a pint a month, we'll put out an extra podcast exclusively for another slice members. Three quid a month gets you the down the dog lock in where you'll get a couple of episodes a month, some outtakes and much more. Go to another slice.com forward slash down the dog. And don't forget to leave a five star written review and tell all your friends about it. Get in touch as well. Hello at down the dog.com and think of other ways we can uh, make this immersive pub experience uh, more. Just get in touch with anything you like. See you soon. Bye. Bye.